Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast, a show focused on inspiring and empowering you to become a better writer. Come along as we deconstruct the tips, routines, and motivations of your favorite authors. In the end, it's all about getting your story onto the page. Welcome to episode 71 How Christy Dougherty Writes. Welcome, my friends, to another fantastic episode with Christy Dougherty. Christy is the best-selling author of the Night School series, and she shares her thoughts on how to kick off a series and so many tips for producing amazing novels. This is a fun, fun episode, and I'm just so grateful to Christy for sharing so much of her writing process with me. Let's dive into it. Now, my friends, here's the interview with Christy Dougherty. Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast. I am your host, Brian, and today's special guest is Christy Dougherty, a former crime reporter and accidental civil servant. I love that accidental civil servant. Christy began writing the night school series while working as a communications consultant for the home office. The young adult series was published by Little Brown and went on to sell over a million and a half copies worldwide. And sometimes I try and think about what that actually might look like if you stacked a million and a half books, like in the straight, it'd be enormous. Anyways, uh, Chrissy later wrote the Echo Killing series published by St. Martin's Press and co-wrote the fantasy series, The Secret Fire with French author Karina Rosenfeld. Her books have been translated into 25 languages and have been bestsellers in multiple countries. She lives with her husband, the BAFTA nominated filmmaker, Jack Jewers. Christy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, wonderful. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to have you. Um, <laughs> so let's just kind of start out with a general, um, we were kind of talking before we started recording. Um, you're based in the UK. And um, generally speaking, how are things going? You know, a lot of the people who listen to the show generally 90% are in the US. So how are things going in the UK? Um, how are things looking? How are things for a writer over there these days? Uh, what's the general kind of like temperature? Well, I suppose it's it's not much different from the way it is in the U.S. right now. Obviously, it's been a very strange 12, 13 months of um, <laughs> the, the pandemic we all hoped never to have to live through. Yeah. So everything's gone very quiet. Um, <clears throat> um, sorry, I'm going to clear my throat a lot because I chose today to clear out a closet, which it turned out one of my cats had been camping in. <laughs> so I was ankle deep in cat hair. So occasionally I will clear my throat. You um, clear, clear away. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a weird, weird year. Very hard to write in. I think a lot of my yeah. writer friends have had the same sense that when the world is is being so crazy, suddenly your imagination is just it just stops, and yeah. I think it's very quiet. So that happened. I think throughout early 2020, all the way through really to summer. And then it was as if the gates just opened and everybody I knew was writing again. And we, um, everything that had been bottled up, I wrote two books last year. It was just like, wow. I, I couldn't leave the house. So I just stayed home and wrote, you know? <laughs> so yeah. in the yeah. end, having not written for months, I ended up writing more than I've ever written in a single year. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a really strange time. I, I think a lot of people are feeling that like a lot. I, I know I've, um, I have, I have at times had like a nihilistic 
despondency of like, what's the point? Why even do it? Like, there's no world left. Um, and I'm not really one to to go there. Like, that's not part of kind of like my um, kind of emotional programming, but um, I, I have felt it. And so I'm wondering for you, like, did something change that kind of opened that creativity up? If there's somebody out there who just heard what you said and they're driving in their car and they're like, yep. Um, like, like what's the path forward? If, if you want to write, I think that actually, before I go on, that's a caveat. If you, if you feel like you want to write, cause some people you're not in a spot and emotionally it's like just too much and like, don't feel pressured. But if you want to be putting words on the page, like what might be some strategies or paths forward to, you know, kind of get back at it. Yes. For me, it actually involves some very creative visualizations because my deadlines were like, they were all delayed. The last book I delivered is seven months late. I'm never, <laughs> ever late. It was so late. I'm like, hey, remember this book? <laughs> uh, anyway, I did it in the end. <laughs> yeah. So um, I got to sort of July and I hadn't written anything since February. And I was in the middle of a book when it all hit and it just, look, it stopped. Chapter 17 ends, world ends. <laughs> and um, I had to turn everything off. So I had to turn off all social media. Yeah. I had to stop looking at newspapers during the day, get off that rolling 24 hour bad news hellhole that we all yeah. kind of stumble into. And um, when I did that, I took a few days to sort of watch and read. So watch some television programs that often inspire me, old ones mm. that I like, and read old books that I knew I loved. Just go dip in, pick a chapter, read a chapter. Mm. The book is still there. The chapter is still the same. The world still exists. These things really happened. And just tell myself, we'll get through this when this book comes out, which will be, it's always years down the line. The world will be normal. Bookshops will be open. People will be okay. The, we'll all be vaccinated. Just convince right. myself this world was going to come back as we knew it. And then I could write again in that period. And so for like six or seven hours a day, when I would lock myself in my office and write, I lived in a different world where everything was going to be fine. Mm. And, um, and everybody was going to go to bookshops again and want to live in their imaginations again. And that helped me actually yeah. get through last year. Yeah. I, I totally believe it. We have a, um, in our, uh, happy writer platform, we have a kind of our main curriculum is called the writer within. And it's, it's very focused on like the, um, inner game stuff, like the personal development side of writing and what you said kind of brought up like two really clear, um, kind of strategies that we teach. The first one is like choosing what you want to believe and making, you know, what you believe is your truth. It's, just, it's that simple. And if you believe it's going to get better, that is your truth, that things will get better. And if you believe it'll never get better and we're never going to read again, and the world is doomed, like that will become your truth as well. And so hearing that, it's just so powerful how switching a belief can can just open up an entire new emotional range and, and ability to write like that. It's so cool that you found that. I'm so glad I did because <laughs> <laughs> I've never been blocked properly, properly blocked before. Yeah. And that was the closest. I mean, I couldn't write a word. There was mm -hmm. nothing valuable coming from my imagination. It was as if I couldn't tap that part of my brain for the first time since I first started writing fiction. And right. I, my background originally, I was a journalist. So I was trained to write regardless of how I feel, regardless of what was happening. Right. They pretty much 
beat that into you. And so what worked with nonfiction, I found had worked always with fiction, which is if there's a deadline, I'll meet it yeah. until this past year. And then suddenly it was like, well, what are deadlines anymore? Yeah, right. <laughs> what are, what right. is publishing? <laughs> yeah. So it was, but it is, what's really interesting is the world is coming back. You know, we knew it mm -hmm. would, and it will come back. And yeah. um, books were all, I don't know about you, but I'm reading more than ever now, yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, book, books. Books in the pandemic. I mean, I started this business um, in September 2019, left my corporate cushy job to start a startup. What I thought was a great time. It turns out it wasn't a great time to start a business uh, in the in the heels of the 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 or the very beginning of a pandemic, right? I mean, it was December. I remember when we started to hear news that there was something kind of fishy happening in China. Um, and, and then soon after realized, oh man, this isn't good. Um, and so in, in that though, I found the pandemic and, you know, kind of my new job being in surrounded by books. I'm so grateful to have the support of books, the support of storytelling, even if it's bad storytelling from me, just to be able to say, I feel this way, I'm going to write that emotion today has been such a tool um, it's, I'm just so grateful for, for the gift that is story truly, truly grateful. Um, so what, one more question, uh, uh, kind of about this, this transformation, cause I think it's just so powerful. Have you found that you've had to kind of revisit that belief? Like, ha have you found that there's been times when like you've slipped back into this despondency, the world's going to end and then had to almost reaffirm that belief to yourself? I think it's more than the despondency. It is sort of losing the forward trajectory. So mm. I feel like right now life shoves us left, right, left, right. And it's easy to, when you start going forward again with your, whatever you're thinking, your career, your life, suddenly another kind of blow comes and it knocks you <laughs> sideways again. And you have to start finding your feet again to go forward again. Preach. That happens. It happens so much more than it used to right now. So Amen. even... <laughs> <laughs> even good news can do this. Like my yeah. good news, as you will know, because I had to cancel our planned recording was I got vaccinated yeah. uh, a week ago. Yeah. And um, even that was enough to kind of throw me off for a week. Like it was just too exciting and too unnerving and too, too much hope almost <laughs> like, oh my God, we're going to get out of this. I'm going to, maybe I'll survive this after all <laughs> kind of, it's then yeah. hard to go like, right now I'm plotting out a synopsis. What, yeah, <laughs> what right. happens next? Right, right. So Little things can just knock you and you have to, I think right now, out of all times, we just have to ride that out. Just if it takes a few days and you're lucky enough to have those few days, take those few days. Just yeah. don't, don't, don't get mad at yourself. Don't blame yourself. You know, they always say in yoga, you know, no judgment, just yeah, observe. Right. They're always saying that like, yeah, that's right, so right. true for all of us in all of our lives right now. No judgment. We are just surviving. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sense of like self-love, self-care right now is just yeah. so important. It's so critical. So, um, so speaking of like changes, right. Speaking of, of just the winds blowing in new directions, I'm, I'm making these huge life decisions. Um, and about two weeks, I'm going to be, um, starting a brand new project and also starting it, um, you know, basically traveling for six to 12 months with my family. Um, and I'm going to document the entire process of starting a brand new book, writing a book, and then self-publishing a book. Right. I'm going to show every week what I did and just be like six months of, 
I'm going to do this thing in six months, which is very That's fast amazing. for me. Yeah. I'm yeah, super fantastic. slow. I'm a really slow, like I'm yeah, a turtle but... writer. Yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty this, fast. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is why it's, I'm like, am I sure I want to do this? I I've already publicly committed so much to this in like different ways that it's like the shift the, the ship has uh, left port. So my question yeah. for you is knowing that I'm, uh, I, I want to start a series. Um, it's going to be set in ancient Rome. Um, and, and I want it to be commercial. Like I want to make money from this and, and kind of have this be something that, uh, is really fun creatively, but also has like commercial legs for me. Okay. So that's the setup. Um, knowing I'm in that spot, I'm going to start a new project in 12 weeks. I, I almost have a vision of a character, but I've been kind of not going there because I want to document it. Like, I don't want to go too far because I want to actually show everything. Um, what, what advice would you have for somebody setting off on a series with a brand new character, first book, wanting it to have commercial legs, like kind of sitting from somebody who has written so many, you know, really successful series. Um, what have you learned that'd be really important for me to know setting off into this new adventure? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first rule is one that everybody knows, so it's silly to say it, but it's always the most important rule. And that is to read everything in the genre you're going to write in. So get into that genre, read in that genre, and make sure that you are um, like really absorbing what's out there. Did I lose you for a minute there? No. Does it look like Maybe just a little choppy. Your audio sounded just fine though. Okay. So, um, so it's, it's, that's critical. When I first started writing a young adult novel, the first thing I did, I read the top five young adult novels that were out at the time. I just happened to read Twilight. And then I thought, oh, that was fun. I'll read a few more. (laughs) And so I read a few more and then I, I flew through them. And then I went to my local bookstore and I bought 10, like just 10 books that they recommended of the most successful books that were out right then in the genre, because I really did want to write commercial and I wanted to kind of see if there were tricks. I read those 10 and I hated about three quarters of them. (laughs) I just really, it was a really bad time for YA. Like everything was, was happening right then. But the three that I loved, that I really liked, one of them was the one that really inspired the story that mm-hmm. really got me going with the book I was writing, even though it was about vampires and I wasn't writing vampires. It wasn't really about vampires. It was about friendship mm. at its heart. And that made me think, I want to write about that. Like, cause you want to get beyond the overarching story that you're going to tell and down to what's behind it yeah. and what's behind all my books. I think almost everything I've ever written is friendship, survival, um, resilience, um, determination, like these are things against the odds. Like those mm-hmm. are the core things that are buried in every book I write, I think. And I can't seem to write anything else. So find out what your core is going to be. And you yeah. might find that out. You might even not know you found it. You might just read a book and say to yourself, that somehow that's it. Somehow I see my story now. Yeah. Somehow I see it's not this but it's kind of like that. And then off you go to sort of make your own (laughs) completely different, but yet somehow inspired by. So do you, have you found that, that um, this is interesting. I I had another um, guest on the show and she was saying, you know, even if they don't mean to authors generally write one theme, like they, they really just have one story question that they come at through maybe a book or, you know, I've interviewed people with, almost a hundred published works, <laughs> like stories, bonkers, you know, mind bending numbers. 
Um, do, do you believe that's true for yourself? Do you have one theme that you've been exploring with different books? Oh, I think I'm more of an example of that than <laughs> than, <laughs> than anybody could ever say. I've yeah. written about alchemy and witches and demons and teenagers at boarding school and, you know, cops in Savannah and journalists. And what I'm always writing about are the impact of missing or or um, or bad fathers on children. I'm mm. writing about the long-term ramifications of that. I'm writing about loss and surviving and and finding the, your friendships that form your family. Like that is every book I write. I try not to, but I've had teenagers email me and ask, did you have a really bad family? Because you always write about <laughs> bad dads. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up, 16 year old. Yeah. You're not supposed to see through me to Don't that. Don't read between the lines, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it up, it's fiction. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Oh, that, that's that's so interesting. I'm, I'm starting to, to think that might be true. When, when, when the guest said that, I was like, to chew it, you know, like it was one of the, it was such a big statement that I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to buy it right off the bat. But the the more I turn it over in my brain, the more I'm like, that just might be true. And I think about my favorite authors and the the authors I've read all of their works, their entire library. It is generally one theme, like it is generally one thing that they're trying to explore. And I just think it's such a fun concept for writers. I really do. I think it has so much interest, um, like interesting places to go. Um, okay, will, so, so oh, I'm sorry. Go go ahead, ahead, I would tell you once, yeah. I, I love sharing this because it was so magical in a weird way. Um, I have a friend who's a psychologist and um, who knows a lot about me. And she asked me once if I'd had therapy. And at the time I was like, no. And she read one of my books and then another of my books. And she said, you write your therapy. So she's like, in my book, she could see <laughs> how I'm dealing with all yeah. these different things that I don't even know I'm dealing with. My subconscious yeah. is working stuff out yeah. over and over again. It's working stuff out. Yeah. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of writing because often you don't even know you're doing it, exactly. which is after the point you realize, wow, I really changed because I wrote this. Like, wow, did I change? Um and I think it's normally positive. I'm sure it's not always. <laughs> like I'm sure there's no, sometimes you open up something and you think this this hurts a lot. And now I need to go, you know, find support or you know, find a therapist or coach or, or some 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 person to help me kind of deal with a wound. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting how much of in the writing process you like, you know, you like excavate your soul in the process in a way, you know. Yeah, what is it um, Hemingway Hemingway said about, you know, sit at the typewriter and bleed? Yeah. Like I thought, what nonsense, what pretentious yeah, right. absurdity. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then I wrote five books and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to there. writing. I think the quote there's nothing to writing. You just sit at the typewriter and bleed. Exactly. Um, okay. So so the first thing is to write, read a lot extensively in my genre um that I'm gonna be writing in. Um, and I think that's especially important if it's you want it to be commercial, right? Because you want to be reading like what has, you know, been commercially successful, which I do. It's the first project I've ever even considered that I might be able to make money from writing. I've never had that thought before in my brain. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, okay, so what 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 else would you say? Okay. I think after that, I would say actually my second rule would be don't think you're going to make money. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there's your bubble. Let me pop it right on the show here. <laughs> now, the thing is, you might make money. And, right. you, you, and in fact, if you're writing commercial, you probably will. But yeah. if you think about it, 
if that gets into your head mm -hmm. and then it might play into your writing okay. and you want that out of your head, you want to tell yourself now more than ever, especially as you're starting a project, the first book that you write in a project is the one you get to write for fun. It's the one you get to write for the pure joy of it yeah. because there's no deadline. There's nobody shouting at you. No editors looking over your shoulder. It's the one that gives you freedom. And if you are successful, what you'll find is from then on, there's pressure. You know, after you mm -hmm. have that first book out, which you wrote for joy, suddenly it's like, we need your second book and we need it by the 10th of October. Right. And we need your synopsis by, you know, May the 1st at the very latest. Why haven't we had it yet? And by the way, where are your photos and where's your bio? <laughs> and we need you to go yeah. to seven book fairs while you're writing. Right. And we need you, you know what I mean? Right. Like it, it will never be like this again. So give yourself the benefit of of writing what you want to write and, mm. and finding the sheer joy in the words. And I think the book will genuinely like show that. I think mm. it often I find first books in series are, they're a little crazier. They're a little less structured and they're often more um, um, just anarchically joyous because nobody was, nobody was looking over anybody's shoulder mm. for that first book in that series. I love that. So I love that. Approach okay. it with the approach it with joy. Okay. Approach it with joy. I have I have um the word joy tattooed in a bullseye on my arm right here. Um if I could like get my sleeve down right there. Amazing. I can't like turn it the right way. So I've no, I, I can see among it. among many among many tattoos on this arm. Um <laughs> joy is one I've I I I love the idea of making joy a target. Okay. Um what else? Give me, an, give, give me okay. These are so good. I'm like, just keep, just, just keep going. And by the way, can you write this for me while you're at it? <laughs> if you write mine, I'll write yours. <laughs> it's so much easier to write someone else's book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you are a plotter or a pantser, a but you're a plotter. a plotter. Then take your time with that. And, okay. and, Know the end before you start writing the beginning. So this is the part I struggle with every time I'm doing it right now with a new book. I'm trying to decide what my end is. And I've been trying for a week. I have the, <laughs> like, I know <laughs> yeah. I've got the first half and I've got it all the way through my W shape. And then I'm like, and then what happens, Christy? Um, <laughs> yeah. So plot that out. Know your ending and kind of have an idea where you want to go with your series. Like if you plan this as a series, yeah. You don't have to know the end of your series, but have a pretty general idea so that you can start laying a few um, breadcrumbs early on. Although you can do that on edit, it's still like, it helps you write, I think, if you can imagine more more depth to the story that's yeah. going to come later, things you know that nobody will know for three books. It's, how, how much um, of that do you know ahead of time? Like if you're writing book one, how far in the future do you see? Or if you're writing book three, how far mm -hmm. in the future are you seeing? So the longest series I've written is five books and I'm yeah. right now starting a new five book series. Okay. So when I wrote my first five book series at the beginning, and, and this is me, I did no research. I knew nothing. I just wrote a first book and then had to deal with the ramifications of that. Like I dropped a bomb in my own lap, you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no plan <laughs> story yeah. going yeah, right. in all directions. That's when I learned. And so when I wrote the second book, that's when I plotted out the next three after it. So okay. I had a, a basic synopsis of just a, just a long paragraph about what would happen in each of the subsequent three after that second. And so right now, what I do now that I have learned is when I write my first book in a series, I know what's going to happen pretty much in the second, but I don't try to go much further than that. And then when I write awesome. the second, I try to know a few more books down the line where I'm headed with this. Mm -hmm. So that's, unless you're going to do a big arc, if you're going to do like a multi-book arc, yeah where you know, there's a, a recurring under theme and mm -hmm. stories you come back to that then 
you know, then you have to get a little more crazy with the plotting and you have yeah. to, because um, my Savannah series, um, The Echo Killing, it has a bit of that because she's always investigating the murder of the moment and then the murder that happened 15 years ago of her mother. And um, because I had, spoiler alert, decided not to <laughs> solve that second murder yeah. in book one, I had to know when I would solve it. So it is, um, so having that understream and the arc of that investigation, which goes across three books, while there's also shorter arcs required right. a bit of planning. So that's sort of, it depends on if you want to do double arcs. Yeah. I, and I, I, I don't know. And it's like, it's like, I, as you're saying this, I'm like, don't think Brian, don't think, don't think. Cause you know, it's like, it's like you're, you're sparking so many thoughts in my brain, but I'm like, don't think, save it, save it for, I, I'm officially going to start this April one. It's like a really clean start April one through whatever that is, October 31st ish, I guess would be yeah. six ish months. Um, but, but I, I love that idea of thinking about both. I, I think it's like the layers of, of story, right? Cause you have a series theme and story, and then you have a book theme and story, and then you have chapter and then you have scene, right. And all of those things almost need to work together. And it, it may not have to be, um, perfect on every level right there are sometimes that a chapter works for the story but maybe isn't like you know critical for the overall you know theme of a series um but i like that idea of having like the end in mind in a way yeah. before you get started what about character like as i i'm um I, i've never even considered writing a series <laughs> again yolo um so never written a series and so the idea of a character in a series seems to be very different to me than like a standalone um, where you have kind of a little bit more boxed or contained character. It seems like a series character needs to have almost more legs in a way than a standalone novel. Like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm a character fanatic. So okay. I, 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 I read books that do good character development and I'm always frustrated by books that don't do good character development. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little, I'm a little obsessive about it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I always start with character characters okay. where I begin. So, um, my first thing is to is to understand my lead character and to really understand this person. And then once I feel like, I get like a certain level with them. And then I think, oh, I can't understand you unless I understand the people around you. So let me invent your parents and your best friends and your ex, because everybody's got an ex. I don't know if you have a current yet. And like, and, and it just sort of like that goes out and out into mm -hmm. these huge ripples that by the time I get to where I've kind of invented my crew, um, the story is already beginning to develop at the yeah. same time. So I do character before synopsis. And um, and I do think, especially for a series, people if you want people to read the second book and the third, and plot is always important, we can't lose plot, but character is equally important. We have to care. Right. And in order to come back and read book two, three, four. So it's 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 not it's it's funny, character's not for me hard because I have a I have an imagination that is just wired that way. Yeah. So it but it's it's hard to learn the first time you do it. You have to trust yourself because the weirdest thing about it, there's something uncanny about inventing people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. It can feel a bit creepy when yeah. you you think redhead, no, no. And you're like, in your mind, the red hair disappears and brown hair appears. And yeah, you're like, right. yeah, brown hair, that's better. And and like you're just it's it's too because when I'm writing. 
I mean, and I know this is probably just, I should seek professional help, but when I'm writing, when I write the words of my characters, I hear the voices of my characters. So I can tell when the words are not theirs or when I'm forcing something into them, mouths that they wouldn't want to say. And that to me is like, when you know you're, you're on the right track, you've got your characters there and that people then can feel that. I'm convinced they can feel that because the mail I get the most is about characters. I love this character or that character. I want to be friends with this character and so forth. And and that is how you know you've you've really, you've really hit it on the head. You've you've really, you've invented those characters. But the problem is it feels a bit crazy making when you're doing it because (laughs) it's a really weird thing to do. (laughs) Right. How, How do you organize or do you organize your characters? So as you come up with the details and the personality traits and the quirks and all the different things that go into creating, you know, an actualized character, not like a caricature, but like something real, something that feels um, potentially human if you're writing humans, but, but having a life. Um, mm-hmm. How is it that you organize that and keep all that information so it's accessible to you? Or does it just live in your brain and you just can write straight from it? Do you want to know the truth? It's would, so brutal. Yeah. I have a spreadsheet. I love, no, I love, I know. Listen, yeah. I'm a spreadsheet guy, so I love yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Spreadsheet, each character. And I break it down by, I have um, appearance. So I always get it right. If I've ever described their cologne, the cologne goes in there. Any character um, traits I describe about like the way they, they do certain things. It goes in my spreadsheet. I'm, I'm very fanatical about it yeah. so that I can't get it wrong. Also because I have spent literally days flipping through my own books trying to figure out what color a character's <laughs> uh, the, the, eyes are <laughs> yeah yeah been there been there who is it that said that one thing that did that thing that i never kept track of but it's really important right now yeah yeah when you yeah. get five books in, five oh, books into imagine. a series if you've got a that you yeah. need a spreadsheet and you need to keep it up to date and like i was noticing that when i get really towards the end of a book the last 30, 40,000 words. I write really fast and I don't want to stop for anything. I try to write two, 3,000 words a day more if possible. And so I like was just going back because I'm writing a new book in, a, in another series as well and realizing that I hadn't kept up my spreadsheet and I hadn't added the last characters yeah. at the end. So I had to spend a day, literally a day going through that book, filling it in so I could have that information. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've know. heard the term like a Bible, like a character Bible or like a yeah. world Bible. Um, story Bible, like the things that I don't know why the term Bible is there. Like, I, I don't know if I get that, but um, no. but it sounds like a really um, powerful, important thing, especially for a series. So I need a, a, a monster, a big mamma jamma spreadsheet is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 You need yeah. your, okay. Yeah. I, there's, I, a, yeah. there's like an organogram. Isn't that what they call them when you work for a big corporation, when they tell you the whole organization, they call it an organogram. Oh, I, I've never heard that. I, I've always heard it. I mean, I, I worked for a company with 150,000 employees and um, we called it just like an org chart. Like, oh no. Uh, maybe it's a British term. Cause maybe I saw it when I worked at the home office, the British government office yeah, is a huge yeah. department. Yeah. That's when I learned a lot about big, about big organizations because before then I always just worked for little companies and yeah. suddenly I was in this, you know, seven story city block yeah. wide right. building. So right. it's amazing. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I miss the one thing I miss the most about corporate life is we, uh, we used to have the greatest snacks. Like you just walk and get any snack, like any type of beverage you wanted or any type of <laughs> snack you wanted. It's just like, I would like a, you know, a wonderful sparkling water that will cost me no money. And I'll have seven of these today. 
Um, anyways, different. Oh, I, I, I miss the coffee shop downstairs. Yeah, there was a coffee shop downstairs. That was. I know. I know. What's that? The I am the coffee want. shop downstairs now. I know, right? So. Yeah. yeah. What, what What are those like automatic coffee maker things? I have one. Around here somewhere. Nespresso. Nespresso. Things? Yeah. The Nespresso is the coffee <laughs> shop. You push the button. It's a big um, limitation. Well, here we are. I mean, I I feel like I could just keep talking to you all day about um stories and uh, series. I just looked down at the time and I was like, my gosh, uh, I've done it again where um, we're out of time. <laughs> like we've, we've talked the episode. Um, I, I feel like there's so much amazingness in this. And I, I feel like, boy, there, there's just um, so many amazing nuggets of wisdom from you. So I'm so grateful for this conversation. But that said, it's time for you to ask you the final five questions. So um, for whatever reason, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, I ask these to every single guest and I just love the answers and I love that it shows every author has a different answer and I hope it encourages the listeners to find your own way to put good words on the page. So I'm going to ask you those questions now um, and away we go. Sound good? Sounds great. Okay. Question number one, what is the one word that best describes you? Resilient. Mm, resilient. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. If you had to pick a spirit book, right? So this is a book that um, if you died and you were reincarnated again as a book, like kind of really resent, like it, it just is an expression of who you are. What book would it be? I would choose The Likeness by Tana French. I've never read it. What is it it about that book that that stands out to you? The book is, it's sort of an unlikely crime novel set in uh, Dublin, Ireland. Tana French is an Irish writer. And I love all her books and highly recommend them. Um, And this one is about a female detective who uh, is called to investigate a crime where the victim looks very much like her, almost exactly Mm -hmm. like her. And part of her investigation requires her to sort of step into this woman's life. And she finds this woman had a fascinating life. She lived with these amazing, interesting, charming grad students in a house, an old rambling mansion that one of them had inherited outside of Dublin. And they were fixing it up from absolute scratch. And they loved each other and they looked out for each other. And they like their lives are so seductive that she wants to live in that world. And which is obviously wrong because she's one of them is probably the murderer. And so trying to get through that and balance that, it's just such a lovely novel. Mm. And I want to live in that house and I want those people to be my friends. So yeah, definitely the likeness. I I will add it to my to be read monstrosity mountain (laughs) of books. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Question number three, is there a specific tool, like something that you absolutely must have to write pencil, software, chair, drink anything at all coffee it's just coffee (laughs) i hear you on that one yeah yeah it's i'm an addict (laughs) (laughs) okay question number four how do you deal with the constant ups and downs of the writing life denial i I just deny it. I follow everyone in publishing on Twitter and then I mute them. (laughs) (laughs) At any given time, I have no idea what's going on in the publishing industry. I, I don't 
for, as I mentioned to you at the beginning of this conversation, I was like, don't, I don't think about whether my book will sell, whether anyone will ever want to read it. I write the book that's in my heart and I write it to the absolute best of my ability. And sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't, I have no control over that. All I have control over is the words that I create. And as long as I can stick to that, then the words keep coming. And um, sometimes I get lucky. Oh man. I love it. Okay. Last question. Here we are. If you could give one piece of advice to new writers, what would it be? This might sound a little odd, but it comes sort of out of my, my own personal background. And it is, don't think of publishing as someone else's business. So Hmm. it's not a place you have to be invited into. You don't have to get permission to write a book. I didn't go to the right schools. I don't come from the right family to be an author. I, um, my parents weren't educated. My family is one generation off, you know, hard scrabble farming. And I didn't have any examples of authors in my family. You know, so often you, you read interviews with authors and they talk about how, you know, my grandfather was just such a reader and he gave me all these books and my, you know, my mom just loved books. Well, and you feel like, oh, I have to have that in order to have the permission to do this for a living. And that's simply not true. I, you, it's, it's so hard to express, but it, I don't want anybody to think of publishing as a closed shop. I broke through that door. Anybody can break through that door. There is no door. The door is mm. imaginary. And if you believe you have a right to write, and everybody does, um, then you can become a writer. I, I feel like I should not, under the, the rules that, that many people follow, have become a writer, but I've always been one. I was a reader as a child. I read voraciously. And when I, as soon as I could put pen to paper, I began writing and words were always my thing. And I, I, I walked through that invisible door, having thought my whole life that, that, that I didn't have the right to do that. I didn't have permission to do that. So you have permission. I'm mm. giving you permission to be a mm. writer. I'm giving you permission to be an author and I'm giving you permission to succeed right here. That's all you need. This is, this is how it works. So yeah, mm. I believe love you have the right to do this. Ah, I absolutely love it. What a wonderful way to end this podcast. Um, Christy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing so much. I, I, I find just so much, um, just so much incredible insight from you. I know the listeners will absolutely love it. And I'm a little bit more prepared to start this crazy project in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I wish you such good luck with it. I'm going to follow it. Okay. I want to see what you write. Yeah. We're going to, I mean, I'm going to post it. It'll be a weekly video. Um, We're starting up a YouTube channel. We're going to actually post a bunch of, um, we record a bunch of video from interviews, but we're going to post all the video from that. And then I'll also be posting a weekly kind of 20, 25 minute update on this project uh, as I travel the country in a huge camper um, with my family. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So it's going to be wild. Um, But Christy, thank you so much. Uh, This has been such a pleasure and um, yeah, such fun. Thank you. The pleasure has been all mine and I wish you really good luck. I look forward to seeing what you create. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you again to Christy for her time. If you haven't yet, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Also, feel free to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Post regularly over there. Lastly, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week of writing.